Well, good morning, Rivertown Community Church. So good to have all of you at all of our churches this morning, and I pray that all of you at all of our campuses had the level of worship that we had this morning on the Mariana campus. Oh my goodness, just to sing that last song, Lord, I want to know you and then know you more. Um, that's really just kind of become the prayer of my heart for myself uh, this year and also for all of you at all of our churches, because I'm just telling you, there's nothing like understanding the peace that passes all understanding that rules and guards your heart and mind when you know Jesus Christ. I mean, it doesn't matter what goes on around you, but when you have the peace of Jesus guarding your heart and mind, I'm telling you, it is just an amazing, amazing experience to do life that way. It's been my prayer for all of you, and especially this week again, as I knew that we were singing that song. Um, man, we, we want that for you. It's why our mission as a church is to lead people in a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. In fact, next week, I'm starting a five-part series entitled, The Grass is Always Greener, and we're going to be spending some time talking about how do we understand what it means to have a relationship with Jesus, whether you're trying to figure out who Jesus is or where you've been a follower of Jesus for a couple weeks or maybe for years. What does it mean to really understand? that what this world has to offer is not greener than what Jesus has to offer when you can experience the love and the joy and the peace and the patience and the gentleness and all the fruit of the Spirit that Jesus Christ came to give you. We really want that. So this week, I just want you to be praying, hey, God, I want to know you, and I want to know you more. I didn't just want to sing that on Sunday, but I want to experience that every day of my life. And then for the next four or five weeks, uh, we're going to look at how you can do that. And so make sure you're inviting some people to be with you, because I really think it's going to be transformational for all of our lives, kind of like this series has been for us, right? This unprecedented series that we're in right now. This is our last week, and um, I just want to welcome all of you. If you're a first-time guest with us today, uh, this, this really kind of help you understand what God has been up to and what God is up to in our church and our church family, our churches. And so uh, just really want you to lean in if you're a first-time guest. We're so glad that you're here. Now, last week when we started this series, Unprecedented, we started out with a question. And the question was this, it's how many of you like interruptions? Because you see, the truth is, is I, I, last week when I asked this question, many of you groaned and you know, it was like, oh man, we don't like it. Because here's the thing, in our minds, whenever we experience an interruption, they distract us from whatever's important in our life. They keep us from fulfilling whatever we think is like matters the most, our priorities right now. But then the bigger question we ask you was this, what about when God interrupts your life? Well, what about that? Well, what happens whenever you feel like that you're following God's plan for your life, but then God comes along and he does something completely unprecedented and it absolutely alters all the plans that you had in your life? Well, as I told you last week, for the past 28 years, God has done that time and time again. God has interrupted the plans that we felt that he had led us to make for what our next step would be as a church. And then each time that he interrupted and we stepped into that interruption, we experienced something totally unprecedented. And we, again, we believe that God is once again divinely interrupting us as a church. And so today, we just want to talk about what that means for us, especially in this season and moving forward as a church. Now, to help do that, each week, last week and this week, we're inviting you to join us in a history lesson. But not just a history lesson, but really a history-making lesson. And the one for this week is found in the Old Testament in a document called Nehemiah. You'll find this in the book of Nehemiah. If you have your Bibles, I encourage you to go there. We're going to be in chapter 1. But while you're turning there, let me go ahead and give you a little bit of background. When this story begins, 
Nehemiah is in Persia. That is the modern-day Iran. So this will give you a little bit of geography of what's going to happen and how big a shift this is in Nehemiah's life. So he is in Persia, which is the modern-day Iran. He is a Jew who is serving in the high official, uh, the highest official's household, uh, the king of Persia, that is. And I want you to keep in mind that, that Nehemiah has been over here in, in what is now Iran, which was Persia back then, and he's never been to Israel. He's never been to Jerusalem. In fact, he was a Jew that was born in captivity because 140 years earlier, the whole nation of Israel was conquered by the Babylonians and they were, most of them were all sent into exile. So Nehemiah, all he knows is life in Persia. And so Nehemiah is living his life over here. He's going about his business as usual. And then God shows up in his life with this divine interruption that changes the entire course of his life and the lives of all the people of the nation of Israel, the Jewish people. In fact, here's what happens in Nehemiah. He tells us this in his own words, Nehemiah chapter 1, beginning in verse 1. He says, in the month of Kislev, in the 20th year, while I was in the citadel of Susa, Hanani, one of my brothers, came from Judah with some other men, and I questioned them about the Jewish remnant that survived the exile, also about Jerusalem. They said to me, those who survived the exile and are back in the providence are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down, and its gates have been burned with fire. Notice what happens next. When I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Now I want you to notice Nehemiah's reaction. That is very, very significant. Notice he says, I sat down and wept. In fact, he says, for some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Now the question is this, why would Nehemiah react in this way? Why would Nehemiah be so upset about a city that is in shambles a city that he has never seen, that's like 800 miles away. Why? Because this moment in time in Nehemiah's life, this is what you would call a divine interruption for Nehemiah. In fact, that's how divine interruptions happen in your life if you're a follower of Jesus Christ. Nehemiah is going about his life as normal, and in this casual conversation with his brother, who's come to visit him. His brothers come all the way from Jerusalem, all the way over to modern-day Iran, Persia at that time. He's come to visit him, and in a casual conversation, Nehemiah kind of looks at his brother and he goes, how's the family in them? And his brother, he responds and he paints this picture to Nehemiah that is so personal and that is so compelling that it becomes a defining moment, a divine interruption in Nehemiah's life. To the point that he begins to weep and he begins to pray. And he's saying, God, I don't know why this is affecting me like this is affecting me. But this is having this huge impact on my life. I need to understand. I need to know. Now let me just pause and say something at this point in this story. I think what makes this story so relevant, so personal for us as a church in this point in time is this is how divine interruptions have happened to us here at RCC for the past 28 years that I've been pastoring this church. For example, just think about this. I'm just going to share with you a couple. 
in November, in November of 2012, we were working with the Jackson County School Board to kind of figure out how to do a long-term contract to continue to meet at the high school because we had been doing something like a year by year. And so we're going to think about like maybe doing a three or four or five-year contract. And at the end of the week, that same time that we were kind of talking with Jackson County School Board about a longer-term contract, a businessman, he called me and asked if I could meet with him the next week. Well, on Monday morning... I'm sitting in this guy's office, and this man is telling me, he says, listen, I feel like God has said I should give you the building and half of the, half the parking lot for what is now our Mariana campus. Now, I want you to keep in mind, we did not have any plans for a building to buy property. We did not have a penny in the bank toward any kind of build out, toward any kind of buying of property at that point in time. But here's what's interesting. We're sitting in the guy's office and he's saying, we're going to give you a 50,000 square foot building and I'll give you about half the property that, of the parking lot for, for your parking area for the church. And here's what's incredible. I'm sitting there going, that's awesome. That's, you know, this is an amazing gift, but um, it's going to take a lot of work. And in fact, it took two and a half million dollars. But here's what happened. God divinely interrupted us and provided two and a half million dollars through our church family and four very, very generous donors. And it just... I mean, it's, it's just amazing as we look and go, wow, this was a divine interruption. We knew that we needed to consider this and talk about this. And we started moving forward. We're like, God, you got to show us how to do it. And it was just amazing what the doors that he opened up. And then in 2015, we had another divine interruption we were looking at because we had a lot of people that were starting to attend our Mariana campus from, the, from Washington County. And so we were looking for a location potentially in Chipley. I had a person contact me and said, hey, they heard we were talking about launching a campus uh, in, in the Chipley area. And in that meeting, they basically said, hey, we want to know if you want to take over the location that we're meeting in and allow their church to merge with us at RCC. You now know that as the Chipley campus. I, I don't want you to miss this. Whenever you experience a divine interruption, here's what happens, just like with Nehemiah. What could be and what should be, it becomes such a compelling invitation from God to do something different with your life that it absolutely, it stops you in your tracks because you need to seek out and discern what God would have you to do, what your next move will be. In fact, this is what happened to Nehemiah. So Nehemiah is like, God, I need to know. I need to know what your next step is. So Nehemiah, he prays. In fact, here's how he prays in verse 5. Then I said, O Lord, God of heaven, the great and awesome God, who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and obey his commands. Let your ear be attentive and your eyes open to hear the, the prayer your servant is praying before you day and night for your servants, the people of Israel. Now, here's the thing. You have to ask yourself, why did Nehemiah pray with such passion? Because you got to understand, he's praying with some serious passion here. He says, let your ear be attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayer of your servant that your servant is praying before you day and night. For your servants, the people of Israel. And some of you, you know what that's like. You're experiencing divine interruption in your life right now. And you're saying, God, I need to see. I need to hear. So I need you to speak. I need you to help me see what you're seeing. So you could say it this way. Why did Nehemiah pray so desperately day and night? Here's why. Because a divine interruption is a divine invitation to move. 
Whenever you have a divine interruption in your life, it is a divine invitation that God is saying, I'm going to move you out of your comfort zone. I'm going to move you out of your plans. I'm going to move you from something that is like inside your, your realm of possibility to something that is much bigger than you. And here's why it stops you in your tracks. Because you know that you can only move at that point in time because it's outside of your plans. It's bigger than you. If you have divine confirmation from God. If he helps you see and if he helps you hear what God has for you. So Nehemiah, he prays fervently for God, for this divine direction, for this divine confirmation. In fact, you can read the rest of the prayer. I mean, it's a desperate prayer before God. And you might even want to make it part of your prayer in verses 6 through 10. Just an amazing prayer. But I want you to notice how Nehemiah closes out this prayer in verse 11. Here's what he says. Oh, Lord. Let your ear be attentive to the prayer of this, your servant, and the prayers of your servants who delight in revering your name. Give your servant success today by granting him favor in the presence of this man. I don't want you to miss this last phrase here. Give your servant success today by granting him favor in the presence of this man. Because this man that he's referring to here was the king of Persia. He's the most powerful man in the whole world at this time. And Nehemiah, he reminds us of this very, very important detail that why he was concerned and wanted favor in the presence of this man. He says, because I was cupbearer to the king. And if you're not careful, you miss the importance of this. Nehemiah is the cupbearer to the king. This means up until this point, Nehemiah, his life is pretty well planned out. He's going about his life. He has his priorities. He has his dreams. He has his goals for life. And in all reality, if you think about it, while the, while the role of the cupbearer was kind of a high-risk job because you're like the chief bodyguard for the king, but you got to also understand, Nehemiah was the most trusted person by the king. He's like really second in command. He's most trusted of all the nation. That's why he, of all the people in the nation, that's why he's the cupbearer for the king. So Nehemiah's life, it's good. I mean, he's working and he's, he's not just working for, but he's also trusted by the most powerful man in the whole world at that time. But now his life is being interrupted and he knows that he has to go before this king and he's got to bring, he's, he's got to bring this idea that God has placed in his heart, this dream that God has placed in his heart and saying this king who you never went unless you were requested and you never were sad in the presence of the king because the king thought he was the deity at that time and you know, you just always made God feel good about himself. Kind of that was their mantra for life. But in this moment, Nehemiah, he's feeling sad. He's feeling heartbroken because God has put this burden, this divine interruption in his life. And here's the thing you need to understand about your life. God may be placing a divine interruption in your life. In fact, you might want to even write this down. But when God interrupts your plans, he's either trying to realign or change your priorities in this season of your life. I'm telling you folks, this principle is so important to understand. Whatever God does for you, what he did for Nehemiah, it's because he's either trying to realign or change your priorities for the season you are in this life. That's not just for us as a church. 
it's, it's even true for us as an individual. When God interrupts us, he is trying always for a specific reason, trying to realign or trying to change your priorities. And for some of you, in this season, you've talked about how God is interrupting your plans. And so maybe for some of you, God is just trying to realign or refocus you on your, on his, on your relationship with him as a number one priority in your life. Because many of us through 2020, and even the first part of 2021, we kind of drifted from our, for our focus of relationship with God as number one in our life. And we started focusing on everything else. Maybe God has sent this divine interruption in your life so that you are focused on him as priority. Maybe for others of you, God has interrupted your life and he's saying, listen, it's time for you to refocus on investing and inviting to, to be that witness in your workplace, in your community, in your family, to be focused on the great commission again. Maybe for others of you, God is saying, hey, it's time for you. As we just went through a whole four campaign where we challenged you to serve. Maybe he's saying, it's time for you to focus on starting serving other people again. Maybe, maybe don't be so inward focused like maybe we've been through 2020 and the beginning of 2021 where we've trying to figure out how do we survive this whole thing. Now it's time to step out and, and start serving again. Maybe for others of you, he's saying it's time for you to start connecting with other believers and in a small group so that you're encouraging them and they're encouraging you and your priorities get realigned and reset. Maybe for others of you, God is saying, hey, it's time for you to start thinking about how do I invest in the mission that God has given us as a church? I, I don't know what he's saying to you whenever God interrupts you. That's why you have to do like Nehemiah, go in prayer. But don't miss it. If God has interrupted your plans, he's either trying to realign or change your priorities. Now, here's why I believe this is so important for us, not just as individuals, but also for us as a church. See, we had made some plans for how we were gonna move forward with more church launches, more building build-outs and remodels and those things in the, in the coming years. In fact, if you remember, in our last evening of vision in March 2020, about two weeks before everything shut down with COVID, we shared with you in that evening of vision the plans that we felt like God had put in place for us to move through 2020 and 2021. But for reasons that none of us really understand, God has divinely interrupted our plans as we talked about last week. And we talked about God giving us the opportunity of open doors and that he, he, he really, we really have been a church of the open door where God just gives us all these incredible opportunities, opportunities that are absolutely unprecedented in our area, in our region. As we said last week, I mean, just think about all the unprecedented things that God has done in RCC when we began uh, with when I started pastoring 28 years in our Bluntstown campus, and then in 2010, we launched our Mariana campus, and then 2016, we launched our Chipley campus. I mean, think about all the things that God has done over the past 28 years. And it's all because as a church, we individually and collectively all along the way, we've tried to take God's divine interruptions as opportunities, as invitations to move, to realign our steps with his plans. Now, another one of those um, divine interruptions that happened in 2018, and I told you about this last week, but there's something that's just so significant I gotta share with you. Uh, we merged a church into our RCC church family from Fairhope, Alabama, because we took as an invitation to move with God. And here's the thing, three years later, um, we have launched them out as a regional partner church 
And they are now called, as I shared with you, Bay Life Church, which means we help to fuel them and we help to fund them. We give them all the product for their children's ministry, student ministry. You know, we give them funds every month to help them go further, faster, and reach in their community and, and get established as a church. And I'm telling you, they are growing and they're impacting their community. They're thriving. They're reaching church, as I told you. I mean, they have so many first-time guests coming every week. It's just incredible what God is doing. They are fulfilling the vision that we feel like God gave us years ago to create churches that unchurched people feel welcome to and they love to attend because we as followers of Christ, we are so focused on Jesus that people feel the love of Jesus through us and we're reaching more people. Well, it's interesting. I'm talking to you guys last week about this church and my brother-in-law who goes to this church, he shot this video that he took on his phone because he was so excited that their room was packed with people and he's like, we're gonna have to be like RCC churches and go to two services pretty soon. Right, So this video, it starts out a little bit dark, um, but I, I just pray it's going to help you get a glimpse of kind of the impact that you've made, even to the point their stages are designed and shaped just, you know, with the same designs and everything on them. So just every, all of our campuses, watch the side screens for this video. I don't think, I don't think it was a coincidence that we're singing that song. When he shot that video. Because not only do they get to sing of the goodness of God, but you as a church, you get to sing of the goodness of God. Because he just keeps doing amazing things for you as a church. Yeah. yeah. It's incredible. So thank you for being that kind of church. Um, there's been some other divine interruptions that have happened in our life. Um, I met Uncle Gerald um, some years ago. Through, it's just a unique way. You, some of you know Gerald and uh, Gerald Fatiomi, and he's just an amazing guy. And you're helping him to launch his church in Roswell, Georgia, called Hometown Church. They're launching, as I told you, um, January, January 2022. Also, um, just through another process event, events, um, God allowed us to help the process of planning a church that's in Madison, Alabama. Listen, I just want to tell you, it's amazing what God is doing through you as a church, as I said to you last week. But that's not all. In fact, I shared with you last week, and we're not going to show you the video because we showed it to you last week, but man, what you guys did through four, um, God has opened up amazing doors to partner with organizations, our community, to help the hurting and the needy. He's opened up doors for helping us um, partner with organizations that are helping foster children and, um, and children who are being taken away from their parents as well. I mean, God has just opened up so many doors. He's opened up organization doors for us to partner with the organization. We've been doing this for several years now, and God's just doing amazing things because they are now... Um, it's an organ. Well, it's, it's um, the pregnancy center, and let me just tell you, because of your partnership, they're, they're getting to go to a whole nother level of being able to help um, moms and and uh, dads who really are trying to ask the question because they're going to like these 3D sonograms or, or whatever. I think that's the right word that you call it. Did I get that right? Okay, Dennis Harris is over there saying yes. So thank you. Um, anyhow. So to help them really understand what's going on in their pregnancy, um, it, it's just incredible because you, you guys are stepping through these doors. So um, God is even opening doors. I told you last week um, for another 
wave of about $750,000 to be launched into our communities to help stabilize housing and repair housing from the hurricane because of what you generously gave through four. And so, man, thank you so much for being a church that responds um, to divine interruptions and absolutely being for the people in our communities because it's just amazing. But um, that's not all. As I told you um, last week, about six to nine months ago, God interrupted our plans again because... um, we had the door of opportunity open up and this was something that we have tried to do for the last 28 years that I've been the pastor of this church. Um, or excuse me, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let me give you the first one first. Let me, I'll give that later because that's a good, all right, yeah. Let's do this. God opened up a door that we thought was never gonna happen. We thought we were gonna have to go for 80 acres and instead he opened up um, 10 acres of land uh, and the building for our Chipley campus because it was on an 80 acre parcel. And so we're now buying or in the potentially we're raising the funds and have the opportunity to get the whole t- 10 acres in the building. And uh, to this point, you guys have given about 370 something thousand dollars of the 500,000 that's needed for that. Um, but that's not the only open door. Let me just tell you this one. This is the one I started to get ahead of myself on. And that is this. Um, since I have been pastoring RCC, we have tried to get a portion of this property because we've been using it as part of our parking lot. So I got a call several months ago saying, would we be interested in buying the 17 acres of land adjoining our Blountstown campus? And the thing that just blew my mind was they only wanted like $60,000 for this 17 acres. And there used to be this huge sawmill on it, junkyard kind of stuff on it. And they went and cleaned all of that off. There's just a clean piece of property. The catch was we had to close before October the 28th. And just so you know, Blountstown Campus, we closed on that property. We wired the money. We signed all the papers on Thursday of this past week. Yes. Now, as I said, um, here's why it's so important for you to know, um, because I've pastored, we have been landlocked on the Blountstown campus. We, we didn't even own the lane that we were using to enter and exit, and the people wouldn't give us an easement for it, and about half of the front parking lot was owned by the sawmill, and man, this, I, just, I just remember all the stress of all these years of praying, God, how do we get this property? Because we'd say, can you just sell us three or four acres, you know, so that something happens to you as good neighbors, nothing, you know, they don't come and take half our parking lot. So here's the thing, we now own all of our parking lot and rest of the, the rest of the sawmill property and Blountstown, let me just say this to you. We're also getting an easement to the driveway. So yes, that's, that's another great thing. So um, you can celebrate that. And then on our Blountstown camp, our Mariana campus, as I told you guys last week, we've been given the opportunity to purchase two acres on the front corner of our Mariana property. That is the Enterprise rental car and then the parking lot behind that. And we have prayed for that property because that's the last part of the property for Mariana that we don't own in this whole shopping center complex. And that is a miracle because Enterprise had the first right of refusal on that. And it looks like that they're gonna sign that off. They're, well, they're, they said they were gonna sign off on that and allow us to purchase that. Um, so that those are just incredible divine interruptions. They all happened this year. And then another one that happened this year is, um, remember if you, many of you remember we were in the process of launching um, a campus uh, in 2018 for, for Wakulla County. And uh, in 2019, we paused that temporarily. And we, we just felt like we needed to just to kind of regroup and reset. And we we're so glad that we did because COVID would have made that just just it would have made it such a mess. We'd have never been able to sustain the whole process. So during COVID, we've been praying and processing how to move further uh, with that. And some months ago, um, a person that's been a ment- I've been mentoring um, for some years now and uh, been a friend with, 
um, he said, man, I feel like God is, because I've been on him like, hey, don't you think maybe you should come be part of RCC team? It was amazing, amazing young man of God. And um, he said, I, I, think this, I think it's time. And he says, I, I think uh, I'd love to partner with you guys on the Wakala process. And so he's already planned, been part of several church plans. He, he planted a church um, several years ago and handed that off. And so, you know, in January, 2022, he's gonna come on our staff part-time. And in June, he's gonna come on full-time with the whole goal of launching the Wakala campus in January of 2023. Now, here's the thing. When, when you stop, listen, when, when you stop and you look at this, you, you understand um, that we, we didn't make this happen. I mean, we, we're kind of working on things, feel like we're walking through quicksand and peanut butter during the whole COVID thing. But, you know, it's just like God just said, you know, I just want to show you guys, um, man, while the world was shut down, God was still on the move. God was still working. See, so basically what this means is God has divinely interrupted us with a divine invitation to move through these open doors as we talked about last week. But the big question that we said that we got to answer is, will we walk through them? See, the divine this divine invitation, this divine interruption, as, as same as happened with Nehemiah, it is, it's about God making sure that what has the attention of God has our attention. I don't want you to miss that whether this is happening in your life personally or together now as a church, what happens is God always sends divine interruptions into our lives so that whatever has the attention of God in this moment, in this season, it has our attention as well. Now, here's what we all know. When we choose to move forward and allow God to say, God, you've opened these doors, you interrupted us with these divine invitations. I mean, we, we've been together long enough as a church. I've been pastoring this church now for 28 years. We know it's not easy. There, there's always difficulties that we have to deal with, but we always know looking back, it is so worth it because of the kingdom impact that it has. In fact, I think that's why Nehemiah's story is so important for us here at RCC because God continues to place invitations in front of us as a church. And the question that we have to ask, answer is, are we gonna accept these invitations for the rest of this year and even through 2022 as I shared with you last week? So here's our challenge to you as we move forward today as I said, you've given about $377,000, $110.45 to be exact, um, to purchase the Chipley property, right? And the goal was uh, $500,000, so we need about another $120,000 to finish that up, okay? The other one is on our Bluntstown campus, we want to replace the $60,000 that we took out of our margin, our cushion money, and want to put that $60,000 back. Um, so we want to do that. And then our Mariana campus, to secure that deal, we need about $50,000 for that, which is a total of 230s. Anybody notice that this week it just went down $10,000? See, you already put $10,000 toward this whole thing last week. Last week it was what? 240, right? So you mathematicians, you're, you're pretty sharp on that, right? So what, what does this mean for all of us? It means that all of us, we need to pause just like Nehemiah did, and we need to pray like Nehemiah did until what God has invited us to participate in a church or as a church really grasp our heart. Now, here's the two things that I really want you to be praying about, and that is this. You know, at the end of the year, we're going to do a end of the year offering that we're going to try just to clear all of this out. And we want you to pray, God, 
obviously this is a God thing because all of this happened in one year. At the beginning of this year, it was not even on our radar. And God has placed all these opportunities to seal all of our properties so that all of our campuses completely own all their properties. There's no land issues on anything. We just think that is a God thing. So we want you to be pray about the amount of money that God would have you invest. I had a pastor friend, I was telling him about this. He goes, oh my goodness, Paul, that is the favor of God on your church. He said, you know that most churches, they're going to spend out millions of dollars trying to secure those kind of properties. And it's like, it's just pretty amazing. And so some of you, you've already committed to give to the Chippery property every month. We started back that in, I think it was in March or April. I wanna thank you for doing that. If God asks you to give more to this end of the year offering, please do. If he doesn't, I just wanna say thank you for those of you who have given the 377,000 so far this year. The second thing we want you to pray about is that, what, what are you gonna consistently give in 2022? Because see, all through COVID, we've said very little about investing in the mission of our church and the giving process. And so what we've watched is we watched our giving kind of decline during the process, which is right now is about 6,000 less than it was in 2019. And so what that means is we, we haven't had the margin to meet the needs and um, to serve the people in our community like we normally do. And um, that, that number for growth to, to launch and help other campuses, other churches, I mean, it, it tightens that up. But here's what we know. As we move toward relaunching the Wakala campus, uh, we wanna bring our budget of 2022 back to the 2019 level. We know that we can do that because, I mean, we were doing it before, which would be right at 50,000 a week. Now, I know for some of you, especially if you're a first time guest, you're going 50,000 a week. When you do the math on that and you spread that over four churches and three church plants, that's not a lot of money. So you can kind of divide that by seven. You kind of get the idea of, you know, what that is per each location. So. This week, once you begin to think about it, once you pray about it, and uh, let me just say, if, you, if you've been around RCC, if you're a first-time guest, we just want you to, I always, always struggle to spend two weeks talking about, you know, putting anything about money. I'd just like to get up here and say, hey, look at what God's doing, look what God's doing, and skip the whole money part. But you know what? It does require, these people want money for this land. You know what I mean? So uh, it does require us talking about it, but I've been kind of excited this time because one of the reasons I don't like talking about money in sermons is because people go, well, that's what the church is all about. It's all about money. Um, but I, I just really believe this time, you know, um, that you will understand that we're not, it's not about money. It's about opportunities. It's about open doors that God has given us. And um, we, we all have these, we have to make sure that um, God is, we understand that God is giving us an opportunity just to really focus on what he's up to. And I think even more than that, is that God is helping us to focus on setting up the next generation so they don't have to worry about all this land and structure kind of stuff, but they can focus on ministering to the generation, the next generation. And in fact, my, my whole thing is I believe that we, our generation, just like I shared with you last week, my grandpa Yoder and a bunch of other families moved in our community, our area in 1940, in the 1940s, and they laid the foundation for what we're experiencing now. We're laying the foundation for the next generation. And make sure you understand this. A divine interruption is not a destination. See, as we're gonna see in just a moment, a divine interruption is about the destiny of the people in our community and the future generations. I mean, think about it this way. If you go on a trip, as soon as you get to, to the destination, the journey begins to end, right? 
These properties are not the destination. Make sure you understand this. A divine interruption is about the destiny of the lives in our community and the future generations. Every time that God has interrupted us, it's always been about this. And this is an unprecedented opportunity. It's an opportunity for us individually and then us collectively as a church family to be part of God's great story in Jesus building his church, not only now, but for the next generation. In fact, this is our chance to be a part of what God is already going to do. So this week, my prayer for you is that you'll respond to God's invitation to move and that we would realize that with God's help, man, we are doing a great work. This is a history-making kind of work that he's inviting us into. And then I just pray that, I mean, you will understand, hey, listen, This is about changing our communities now and changing our communities in the future. And that'll even impact our nation. So pray how God wants you to be part of that story. Now, some of you are sitting here going, why are you talking about, you know, us individually when this is like affects all of us as a church? Well, if you've been around for the past five or six weeks, uh, we've been reminding you that together we are the church. Whatever you do individually is what our church does corporately. So the reality is on your seat when you came in today, we gave you one another week because some of you maybe weren't here last week. We gave you this I am the church card. We put it on your seat to remind you that whatever you do individually, we do as a church. And, and here's the other part of this. When we, we want to remind you that when you say that I am the church, it's to remind us that God would not have given us this invitation to move if there were not people in our communities that are not here yet that he died for. If they're not people that was doing life alone, that need a church family to help them process through the disillusionment and the discouragement. And God has called many of you to reach those people. See, God never gives you a divine interruption for you to get more comfortable. The thing you have to understand, God never gives you a divine interruption that is gonna make life more comfortable. No, every time God interrupts you, it's gonna require a greater level of sacrifice. It always causes us to start thinking about others, especially those who are lost relationally from God. See, I want you to understand it this way, and here's why I say this. Nehemiah had no clue that going on an 800-mile journey from Persia to Jerusalem and rebuilding a part, uh, rebuilding the, the wall was part of God's plan to make it possible for the coming of the Messiah 400 years later. Listen, we have no clue the impact that God is going to bring out of all of these foundations that you in this generation are establishing for God's eternal destiny and and the people. This is not a destination that is gonna be reached by the next generation. We, we, We have no clue. Just like Nehemiah had no clue what he was building the foundation for. So listen, when you accept this invitation, when we as a church accept this invitation, we will see God show up and do things that are just exceedingly abundantly above anything that we could ever imagine or think because we're gonna see lives changed. We're gonna see families restored. I mean, you're gonna see children who have moms and dads who hearts, whose hearts turn toward them instead of away from them and distracted them. It's gonna bring marriages back together. I mean, we, we could tell story after story of how that has been happening over the last 28 years and God still wants to do that. And he's just creating a greater foundation. We get to be part of this history-making story. So I'm gonna close us out today with a prayer that I just felt like God laid on my heart to pray for us each week during these two week process. Of, and it comes from the Apostle Paul and it just always wrecks my heart. So I'm gonna to try to make it through it again this morning. But it's out of Ephesians chapter three, verse 20. And I encourage you to be praying this as well this week. Here's what the Apostle Paul says. Will you bow your heads with me in prayer? 
Now unto him who is able to do far abundantly beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday.